When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You held the 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! You think you like football? Brad Childress doesn't just like football. He loves football. I did watch him. I was standing right behind him when he was warming up and saw him kind of reach for his groin and, you know, hold it and whatever you do with the groin. Rub it. That's what I think I witnessed. It twinged a little bit on it. Brad Childress talking about groin twinges is presented by TCL TVs. Enjoy more <laughs> of what you love here on Purple Daily with TCL. That's a disturbing soundbite right there. Uh, the way there? that he found those deep, like baritone yep. notes yeah. in his voice. Go down. Chad, were you at that presser when he when he was there for that yeah, one? Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was there. Uh, and then he was at one point. He said he was going to celebrate a win with a vodka the size of Judd's head That's at a one press of the conference after they moved into Greatest first place life. for the first time with him as coach. I said, "Did you do anything to celebrate going to first place? Celebrate yeah. a vodka the size of your head?" Uh, Which, in retrospect, I now believe to be oof. absolutely true. That is that's a rough a vodka the size of the head too. That's you know that's football some commitment. football that's some people that's football people don't do anything half assed Declan Goff. It's true. It's true. Come on, football. Vodka. So. uh Real quick, uh, Mel Ky- we woke up this morning, and Mel Kiper just gave us another slice of football Christmas Day. A 4.0 mock with trades from Mel Kiper, and we did that mock, and we dissected it on Mackie and Judd today. So if you want our dissection of Mel Kiper's 4.0, check out the Mackie and Judd podcast from today, or check out our other YouTube channel, Score North MN. And uh, later on, I know Declan found sort of a hybrid mock, a little hybrid yeah. mock action from NFL.com that we'll get to. But, boys, it's been a while. I think we were so Kirk Cousins heavy in our discussions last season, and we would do a weekly State of Kirk Cousins address. And um, and then we just, like, we, I think people just, listen, we get it. You guys, you guys have stated all your opinions about Kirk Cousins, and so we want you to talk about the left guard. And so we, we listened to you guys, and we... We moved into the trenches, and it's been a while since we've had a Kirk Cousins conversation. I, I want to pose a Kirk Cousins question to you guys in just a moment here on Purple Daily. But, Declan, first, why don't you tell the masses about your experience with PGA Superstore, 
and how they're going to help you become oh, yeah. the next green jacket wearer. Yeah, I, I did the van fitting experience at the PGA Tour Superstore in Minnetonka. I've been using clubs that are as old, you know, as as old as as me, basically. It basically I mean, when since, you're using a wooden driver, it's really tough oh, to get distance. I, I really was, I, I, when I first started playing golf six years ago, I was using a wooden driver. I'm not kidding. Um, and you were wearing knickerbockers? Yep. I, I was high, high smoking socks, cigarettes. Yeah, just a nice little stogue, one of those nice little beret right. hats. Ben Hogan. Basically, you know, like if, if Bryson DeChambeau weighed 120 pounds, you know, that's basically what I looked like. Uh, <laughs> he actually used to before the pandemic. And, I mean, and you know what? I'm an, I'm, I think I might be on the DeChambeau plan here uh, eventually. But it was great. I, I, had, I went in there. They, they analyzed my swing. They gave me a couple different combinations of club heads and shafts. My guy Ian hooked me up. Stop in. It's the PGA Tour Superstore in Minnetonka. The van fitting experience. You won't regret it. Tell them I sent you. Again, that's the van fitting experience at the PGA Tour Superstore in Minnetonka. You like that? You like that? All right. So, Kirk Cousins' question for you guys. So, he ranks third all-time in completion percentage. Sixth all time. I don't know if people like understand this. Okay, and I think it's good for us to remind ourselves too. If you start to look at quarterback leaderboards, I'm not talking last year. All time quarterback stats. Okay, sixth all time in quarterback rating, only behind Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Pat Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. Third all time in completion percentage. He's fifteenth all time, even in yards per attempt. Ahead of guys like Brady, Breeze, and Peyton Manning. You can take a trip through Kirk Cousins' statistics and NFL all-time career leaderboards, and you can convince yourself these are Hall of Fame caliber numbers. Like He is top five, six in certain categories of efficiency and, and, diff, and, and even like yards per season, just like 4,000-plus yards per season. You can convince yourself, wow, these are like – legitimately great numbers that if they continue could be Hall of Fame caliber numbers. Like, wow, these are amazing numbers. So my question is, why don't his teams win more games? If he's like third all-time completion percentage, sixth all-time quarterback rating, and quarterback is the most influential position on winning in all of professional sports. It, I mean, you a great quarterback can take a mediocre roster and bring them to double-digit wins and playoff runs. We've seen it before, right? So why don't his teams win more games? Why don't Kirk Cousins' teams have 12-win seasons, 13-win seasons, which we've never seen? A trip to the NFC Championship game at -hmm. some point, right? He's approaching his mid-30s. Why are Russell Wilson's teams 50 games above 500? Why are Ben Roethlisberger's teams 80 games above 500. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's teams are 170 games over 500. Now, obviously, he's played many more seasons, and so has Big Ben. But, I mean, but like Matt Ryan has multiple 13 win seasons and a trip to the Super Bowl, and his teams are 20, 25 games over 500. Why don't Kirk Cousins' teams win more games when you look at the numbers that he puts up? In his career, is he is he just the unluckiest quarterback ever? Like, of all the great quarterbacks to put up all these numbers, that he's just the unluckiest dude ever that he hasn't had the right coach and his teams are garbage around him. What is your assessment? Have you ever heard the term "statistics are for losers"? You calling me? You calling me a loser or Kirk? Yeah, Kirk Cousins is a fantastic box score and will always be a fantastic box score, and he's the definition of that guy. But we're, but you're going, Phil Mackey, to a very dangerous place, especially as, as a guy who is into the anal, 
political world like you are, you're going to a very dangerous place because you're going to the place of intangibles and what leadership means and what uh, a presence in the locker room means and why I always say you can't you can't be a starting quarterback and go into a room and just say I'm a starting quarterback so I lead because guys are like no no you don't um this is a, this is literally a conversation that goes into the the very very netherworld of the reason why the Vikings and teammates and probably most importantly Mike Zimmer loved Teddy Bridgewater was why. It wasn't because he put up great stats. It wasn't because he had the best arm. It wasn't because he was going to be the greatest QB statistically. It's because he had the what they what they call, and this can't be quantified, the it factor, where people followed mm-hmm. him and wanted to. And he was good enough to make that work. But what he brought as far as the locker room went and as far as the intangibles went was absolutely enormous. And I'm going to tell you right now, I really believe during the course of the 2017 season, Case Keenum, who again statistically is not great and has and has been a flop as a starter uh, since 2018, when he certainly got that chance. Case Keenum brought a lot of the same things. He brought a mm-hmm. presence that worked. Um, but this this is why uh, Kirk Cousins is the poster child for why we can't break down people just based on what they do statistically, and we can't look at just box scores or passing charts, or passing records, and say, that definitively tells me what that player is. This is why in the draft process, teams screw up, because they're always trying to get an idea of, of this guy seems to have it, this guy doesn't. Um, and Kirk Cousins, I don't want to say Kirk Cousins is Jeff George, but Kirk Cousins is very Jeff George-like. Now, I think George was more brash and more of an a-hole than Kirk is, uh, as far as being frontal. Think about Jeff George. If you just took Jeff George uh, in his prime, look at the arm. Look at the talent. Mm. And you tell me that if you looked at Jeff George in in his prime, you would have said athletically, that's a Super Bowl quarterback. I would even just for like a – uh, more of even a modern reference, Jay Cutler. I mean, Jay Cutler and Jeff George were always compared to each other, sure, right? Sure, but Jay Cutler, yes. wildly talented. His teams over the course of 150 games were 74 and 79. Right, but I mean, that's you, is he just the unluckiest quarterback no, ever with a great not. arm? Or is, you know? of course, but I mean, you you have now stepped into the world of us having to use our brains to <laughs> to sort through exactly what the answer to your question is, and it's not luck. I mean, Kirk Cousins stays healthy. Like, if I just did, gave you the blind, if I took away Kirk's name and I just gave you the games played, the starts, and the stats, you'd say this guy's on track to be in the Hall of Fame, possibly, and certainly these are championship statistics. And I can flat out tell you definitively right now as we talk, Kirk Cousins will retire never having won a Super Bowl. And a lot of people that listen and watch would would disagree with you and say, no, 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 no. He, he doesn't have the offensive line. He doesn't have the coaching that is pouring energy and resources into scheming offensively. He's got a coach that thinks defense, and he doesn't have a left side of the offensive line. And so once he has those things, then now obviously if he has those things, then he would be better than he is in the wins and losses column. And I'm not even trying to pin the wins and losses all on the quarterback because I get that Drew Brees, when he didn't have – the Saints had the worst defense in the NFL for three years, and they went 7-9, 7-9, 7-9. Now Drew Brees prevented them from going 3-13 and because he's a Hall of Famer. And I think like – I think what bothers me the most about this discussion and my biggest pet peeve surrounding Kirk is that so many people bend over backwards to blame everything around him, right? 
six-plus years of 500-team records, only a handful of wins, only a handful of wins against actual good winning teams and mostly bad putrid numbers from Kirk and bad team performances inside four minutes of the fourth quarter. And it's like people bend over backwards to be like, well, I mean, it's not his fault. He's amazing. Go fix this. Fix, 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 right? Well, the NFL, if you, if you look up and down the guys that I mentioned, like Russell Wilson, the guys who've been doing it at a Hall of Fame level, in the same statistical bin, by the way, as Kirk Cousins, in terms of just like passer rating and completion percentage and yards per season, the things that people like to cite and yards per attempt, all the numbers that you would, that you would look at on the back of a football card. Sure. Why do those other guys have team records, team records that are, you know, 50, 100 games over 500? And Kirk is a 500 quarterback. His teams are. And I just keep going back to the word that you use, which is intangibles. Maybe, just maybe, Kirk's numbers don't match his influence on winning as much as people think because maybe he lacks certain intangible skills, whether it's leadership or crunch time ability or poise or anything. Like like when when Tom Brady, this is going to sound so cliche, but like when Tom Brady walks into a huddle, with three minutes left in a game, and his team needs a touchdown. Tom Brady knows in his mind that they're going to get that touchdown, and he is conveying that to the team, and he is having conversations throughout the week via text, in the locker room, in the meeting rooms, little things here and there. Hey, left guard, hey, be sure you're looking out for this, right? The, the things that he imparts on a team that you can't quantify that make that left tackle more confident in that moment or make that wide receiver more confident what he's supposed to do in that moment. You cannot quantify that on pro football reference or pro football focus. And those are the things that I don't think Kirk ranks at all in the top 10 or 15 among current NFL quarterbacks with, but people bend over backwards to say, well, look how many yards he threw for. Well, look at that one, that, that one time that they beat the saints in the playoffs, right? Or that time where they beat the Broncos. Like right. how many times are we going to induct Kirk into the hall of fame for beating a garbage Broncos team and citing that is like the reason why you're wrong about Kirk Cousins, you know? I think there's a lot of fans, though, that get that. And and I I think the problem with the Kirk stands is twofold, and I don't blame them. The first one is they're just Vikings fans, and they love the Vikings. And 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 there are fans of teams that really can't, and I'm not I'm not saying this for everybody, okay? So do be clear. But there are fans of teams that can't, Except the fact that the team might be wrong, just flat out wrong, made, made a mistake, especially a big one. And I'm not even saying that the Vikings did, but certainly Kirk is not who who we thought because if he was, the Vikings win a championship in 2018 or 19, and they did not. The other thing is, I think there is a certain faction of people that see things very black and white. And when you look at Kirk's stats, it doesn't make sense. Like we're go, we're having a conversation about things you can't quantify. Um, and, and there are, there are people that are extremely talented athletically, but get in, you know, if if they're down by four late in the game, they, they rally the team around them and they're like, um, all right, let's go on three. I'm sure we can do this. And they can't. Then there's guys like Favre who was wrong a lot of the time, but never had a doubt he was going to score. Like sometimes he didn't, he'd throw a stupid pick, but in his mind, he was always going to score. And then there are the Montanas and Brady's who are usually right and they do score. But I really do think that there's a 
amount of people that look at what Kirk does statistically, and it really doesn't make sense why he doesn't win more. His team yeah. should win more, and they don't. And I think that goes into a very shades of gray discussion about why they don't. And I think that there are reasons, but they don't necessarily. But but you have to take our word for it as opposed to statistically say here it is in black and white. Well, that's the thing. Like it's it, it, what you're basically saying is if 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 you're if you're putting Kirk in that top eight quarterback in the league mix, or if you're if you're taking some of these career numbers at face value of third completion percentage, sixth all time passer rating, right, fifteenth yards per attempt, and you're and you're pushing the idea that no, like you guys are nuts for poking holes in this quarterback. The Vikings are lucky to have him; he's incredible. Then what you're also saying is. Not only with Minnesota for the last three years, but with Washington, that he is legitimately one of the worst luck great quarterbacks in NFL history. That he is so great, and the things around him are so bad that those things are a gravitational pull toward missing the playoffs or going nine and seven. Right, and 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 that's the other thing I would love to pose. Like, here's another question for you guys. I know that the offensive line has not been great, especially pass protection, and that's that's certainly been a hindrance to the Vikings and Kirk Cousins um, winning as many games as they could over the last few years. So I, I will not dispute that 100%. But has Kirk really had it that bad the last three years in Minnesota? I think sometimes people act like, oh, my God, like Dakota Dozier's out there, and so therefore he has nothing, right? You know the what? first two years of him with the Vikings, the defenses were pretty good. Kirk's been He's got Justin Jefferson. He's got Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Kirk's paid and and therefore been treated like he should be able to overcome the obstacles presented to him largely because of his payday, and he can't. And it's almost like the Vikings are like, but dude, you need to. And it feels like they're challenging Kirk at times. And Kirk can't. And that's why we, we always come back to the discussion of Kirk needs the circumstances around him to be absolutely perfect. Um, and I think the Vikings and I think common sense prevails and says, no, when you're paid what Kirk is, they aren't going to be perfect. That's the very point of signing you. And and so there, there's this push and pull between those two things of of – I now look at the line and say, this is inexcusable. What you are doing is you are setting this guy up to fail. Privately over drinks, I think the comeback from the Vikings would be, no, we're paying him to overcome any any problems we present because he's paid so much. Like the team doesn't, the thing about this whole thing is, and this is where I think I'm right, teams don't think like fans talk. Teams don't think... There, there's like not a Vikings fan club at the facility where they get together with pennants and they're like, I love Kirk. Kirk's great. Oh, yeah. No, Rick, you talk about Kirk. They talk like we talk, which is, dude, you should be able to overcome these problems. Look at your payday. You won't you won't restructure now. Look at your payday. And so there, there's a very interesting dilemma presented here because the Vikings are sort of right in that. But yet they have enough information gathered where they should say, okay, we got to help him. And they're still sort of not doing that. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing. So so if Pro Football Focus, they've been ranking and grading offensive line play for about 15 years. And so basically the Rick Spielman era of, of him and the Wilf era, right? Like, And only twice over those 15 years have the Vikings had top half of the league pass, plot, uh, pass protection. Once was 2009 with Brett Favre. 
and once was 2017 with Case Keenum. And I've always contended that offensive lines, we always think, oh, offensive lines are the thing that protects a quarterback, but we don't think the other way around that a, a great yep. sort of you know sixth sense quarterback, whether he's mobile or not, can make an offensive line look either look better by his movement Peyton in Manning. the pocket. You're exactly right. Or with his pre-snap adjustments yep. and or communication with those guys. Yep. And Brett Favre was great at all that stuff. I mean, you and I both covered that team in 2009, and he was first guy in, last guy out. He was working with the team, and he was he was always in the film room and and, and working with players. And he was he had that savvy, that ability, even though he wasn't as mobile anymore at age 40, he had that ability to just take that one step to get away. Now, that offensive line also had Steve Hutchinson, so it was a good offensive line. Yep. Don't get me wrong, Brian McKinney, but like, a, a good to great quarterback with great pocket sense can make the offensive line look better. And Case Keenum was probably the most mobile guy they've had at that position in a while. He's more mobile than Bridgewater, um, certainly more mobile than Kirk Cousins. And so I think his ability to be mobile and keep plays alive. Kirk Cousins, according to Pro Football Focus, took the most self-induced sacks of mm-hmm. any non-mobile quarterback in the NFL last year. So when you take away like Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, that oftentimes run their way into pressure, take those mobile guys off the board. He had the most self-induced pressures and sacks of any quarterback in the NFL because he doesn't have that sense. That's an intangible thing right there that doesn't show up necessarily in a yards per attempt number or uh, some of these other numbers that we've been throwing out there. So, again, I just think we have to be able to separate the numbers that you see popping off the screen from – the things that impact winning. Yes, throwing for yards impacts winning. Throwing for a high completion percentage impacts winning. And those are the things that we can quantify. But as a quarterback, there are so many other things that impact winning that we don't get to see. We don't have the full story. We can only make assumptions and read reports and hear things. And it's very clear to me that he lacks in those areas. Some of it's get an offensive line that's better. Some of it's get your defense back. I get that. But when you're in the league for 100 games as a starting quarterback and your team's record is 500, that also reflects on you. So, and end rant. Can I, I take can I take you back to a game where I, I think that what we're talking about intangible-wise is crystallized and it's going to break Dex's heart. So, Dex I, Dex, I apologize for what I'm about to say because uh, it's going to really bring you down. It might ca- cause you to cry. I, I don't know. But do you think, do you think for one second off the top of your head that Kirk Cousins could do what Teddy did in the Seattle playoff game in sub zero temperatures at TCF Bank Stadium leading up to the Blair Walsh miss? Okay. Teddy took that team down the field and he did it because of the abilities that we're talking about, which is not the greatest quarterback, not, not the greatest arm. That was a drive that, to me, was dr- driven largely by a young quarterback through intangibles and a belief around him from his teammates that he could do that. And, yes, they missed the field goal. I get that. But that's the exact type of thing where you watched, watched that drive and you said to yourself, okay, I saw, I get it now. Like, let's stop talking about the deep ball. Let's stop harping on what he can't do. What he can do is he can rally a team around him and he's got ability. I'm not trying to say he didn't. He did. But between those two factors, that drive was the exact type of drive that I perceived that Kirk Cousins would struggle mightily with. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. And I, I would I would be really fun for a million Sorry, reasons to see this year's Vikings team in a cold weather playoff game. I don't know. Maybe they can play at. Well, they play at 
Well, according to Judd's um, yeah, hypothetical <laughs> schedule, I was going to say, don't they play the Packers? Well, the schedule <laughs> no. hasn't come out. That was Judd's hypothetical schedule. <laughs> that put the Vikings in Green Bay in December. It would be fun to see. But yeah, and it's also, you know, obviously Cousins is more talented than Bridgewater. He's a better quarterback, more established, all those things. Yeah. He's a better starting quarterback than Bridgewater. But the reason you keep hearing Bridgewater's name is because people rave about his intangibles and leadership. He will hold a clipboard as a backup, a valuable sort of, uh, you know, Nick Foles-like backup for a long time in the NFL because of those intangible things. So, I don't know. I mean, Dex, are we being too hard on Kirk Cousins here? Because I think you're probably the highest on Kirk Cousins among the three of us. None of us are like, none of us are in the Kirk cult. I would say I'm highest by default and not pun intended either. Uh, But at the same time, in general, to your last question, has he had good offensive lines here? No, it's been a below average. It's been below, you want to put the sum of the three seasons, it's been below average offensive lines. Now the infrastructure around him, the defense was damn good in 18 and 19. It completely collapsed last season. So I think the hardest part is, well, if the defense was really good in 18, good in 19, but then awful in 2020, and all the records are pretty much basically the same, right? You're between eight and ten wins. You're you're pretty. That's the difference between one or two different games. It's hard to really get too upset with him, but also like, dude, rise up! Like for once, just rise up. We've seen it a few times in the Cowboys game. Yeah, the Broncos and Eagles game that everyone loves to go back to. But if you're paid this much money and there's this expectation, and you are apparently statistically the greatest thing that has ever happened since Tom Brady, then I expect some different results. But at the same time. I mean, dude, just rise up and, and, and do something dude, for once. The amount of people I, I, in some of our discussions before and after the Super Bowl, especially after the Super Bowl, because I think we did an episode about, you know, the, you know the, a non-mobile quarterback won the Super Bowl. What does this mean for Kirk Cousins? If you're looking at the numbers and you're looking at the mobility and saying, well, I mean, if Tom Brady can do it, you're missing out on a treasure trove of intangible things. And I w- it would be great if we could open that treasure trove sometimes and just be around. Like, wouldn't it be great to shadow Tom Brady and just know, okay, how is he communicating with his teammates throughout the week, throughout the season? How is he in the game planning process? How is he in the huddle? Like, there are things that he is doing and saying and seeing that are on this completely different level than almost every quarterback that's ever played the game. And yet people still want to compare, oh, non-mobile quarterback won the Super Bowl. And Phil, well, we we saw that that to a certain degree with Favre. Like when you saw how Favre interacted with teammates, when you saw how loved he was, when you saw his football smarts, when you like there were so many things with Brett Favre where where you said, okay, I get why this works. I get why he's so loved and so good. Um, and you know, I mean, I I'll always stick with what I've said about Kirk. I think pretty much since day one that, that he got here, he's the corporate quarterback. He's playing the role of a quarterback. Favre was immersed in the role, like 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 Cousins is a a character actor quarterback who switches from. Favre was immersed in that role. He was a Shakespearean quarterback with the tragic ending. You know, so. That's the he's like the, he's like always almost like the stepdad quarterback. Do you, you guys ever seen that movie Liar Liar with Jim oh, yeah. Carrey back in the nineties? <laughs> Great, Great movie. And and the and the and the stepdad tries to do so. Jim Carrey does the claw right with his son, and then the stepdad sees it and is like, "I want to do the claw too." Hey, it's the it's the claw, and the stepkid's like, "I'm, I'm, I'm not buying this." No, you're but it's idiot. but it but it's also tough because. 
Kirk Cousins on your roster guarantees that you won't be a train wreck as long as you're not the Jets. Like, if you put him on the Jets, I think that anyone's going to be a train wreck. Yes. But if you take away, like, the three most dumpster fire franchises in the NFL, Kirk is good enough to where you're not going to go 1-15 or 2-14. Like, you're going to win at least a handful of games. But in in Kirk's defense, why would you sign Kirk knowing full well coming out of Washington who Kirk was? Why would you sign him and not surround him with everything he needs? I don't know that they fully knew. I think they thought, all right, let's get him out of Washington. Because Washington was a little dumpster fiery, too. Not completely. But, like, you know, they won, they won a few games here and there. They went to the playoffs once, I think, with Kirk. But I think they brought him here and figured, okay, there's another level here. Let's get him. We Our organization's better. It's more talented. We just went to the NFC Championship game. Let's Let's get to that next level with Kirk. And I don't know that there really was one. Like he's, the, what we saw in the second half of last year was the best he's ever played in his career, and it's got a lot of people excited for what's to come in 2021, and we'll see what happens offensively. But at the same time, what he did in the second half of last season was a microcosm of his entire career, which is when the stakes are the lowest, he thrives. Yeah. When the team when the team is one in five, and everyone thinks that the season's over. Now it's time to shine, right? When that when you know he's always been good in garbage. Now people are going to point out, well, but he had the most touchdowns in the fourth quarter of any quarterback. You know, there's there's some numbers that are out. If you slice and dice, there's some numbers that say like he had the top passer rating in the fourth quarter, right? After they after they started the season one and five, and he threw shipwreck interceptions against the Falcons before the bye week. You know, so it all you you can slice and dice any way you want. This dude's been in the league. He's in his mid almost in his mid thirties, and he's five hundred as a quarterback. And has like five wins or six wins against teams with winning which is records. Which why, so, which is why I don't get why you wouldn't look at two thousand. What was it now? Eighteen and nineteen or so, and say, if we're gonna win with, with this guy and keep him, we have to morph thing more, morph things more towards him. Like it's just yeah. sort of weird. It's like they're they're like intent on banging their heads against the wall with the original perception of Kirk. When I could help him more than they help him. Like I would get, I would get if he's going to be my guy. I'm going to try to surround him with things that he needs, and they're sort of like, yeah, yeah we got, we got skill position guys. Okay, that's good. You protect. And listen, if we, it would be more fun, I think, if we just like vehemently disagreed on this, which we have on a bunch of different subjects. We're just sort of, you and I have been hashing this out and been watching quarterback play for a long time. We both just sort of land in a similar spot. If we're wrong, if he, if if he. Proves everyone wrong, and they go thirteen and three, and he steps up to another level, and they go deep in the playoffs or something. We will come on this show just like we do every Wednesday with our accountability session, and we will admit full on sure. how wrong we were and apologize, etc. But so I can don't, defend. You don't have to worry about that. But my point is, I can defend him too. Like I don't think you can have a guy this long and not accept his. I mean, he's your guy. Accept the flaws and help him with the flaws. And in in many ways, what the Vikings are doing is still saying, we signed you to be this guy, and I understand he makes a ton, and that's a problem, but it's just sort of it's sort of weird to continue to beat your head against the wall if you're the Vikings when you know what the problems are, and you're like, yeah, we're still not going to solve them. That's what's yep. sort of odd to me. Yep, and now, you know, maybe they go and sign Russell Okung, and they draft a left guard that makes you feel good or whatever, and... And now, uh, now it's on, and we'll see. They still have some wiggle room financially, and they have a draft pick in the in the top fifteen. Sure. So, speaking of that, by the way, um, that was good. It was very therapeutic. I appreciate you guys indulging uh, those Kirk Cousins questions. 
Declan has a hybrid mock he's going to throw at us here in a second, but that state of Kirk Cousins discussion was powered by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So uh, if you're a business owner, and I've been one myself in, in my life, um, I know what goes into it. You, you love running a business. You get, the, you get some, some more freedom in your life, but you're also grinding every day. You're solving problems. You're taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, Dex. All right. So here's what we got here. We got a like hybrid mock from Chad Reuter of NFL.com. And he more does here the ideal top two picks for the Minnesota Vikings in the draft. And he's not necessarily going with trades. Try to zoom in a little bit so you guys can see our audience can see us a little bit. But he, but he has Christian Dershaw and Kyle Trask as the top two most ideal picks for the Vikings this season. This is what he says on the write-up. Picking up the third best left tackle in the draft at number 14 would be ideal following the departure of veteran Riley Reef. Quarterback Kirk Cousins will value Dershaw's strength in pass protection, and his agility and power in the run game will be appreciated by stud back Dalvin Cook. Trask reminds me of Nick Foles projecting as a solid backup for Cousins in the short term and potentially working his way into a starting role in time. So your guys' thoughts on if Christian Derrishaw and Kyle Trask would be the top two ideal picks for the Vikings in this year's draft. So Trask would, would in this scenario, have to fall to the third round as well. I actually, you know what? I'd be fine. I'd be fine there because the quarterback shot that you'd be taking if Trask did fall to the third round, Phil— is a good idea. I actually, if if this unfolds, I would applaud the Vikings as having at least gone in the right direction with those top two picks. I love this, man. If yep. they get a potential franchise left tackle with the 14th pick and then they get a guy that could be, I don't know, like I don't think he's for sure going to be your quarterback of the future. There's enough flaws there to where he would fall into the third round, but you know, maybe you give yourself a 25% shot at a franchise quarterback of the future and somebody that gives you a little hope and maybe a little bit of, of, of excitement. Right now, there's this is, this is going to sound a little bit hokey, but like I just want a little excitement at that backup quarterback spot, too. It's nice to know that when your starting quarterback gets into his mid-30s and he's emerging upon free agency with a huge cap hit that, like, you got something back there besides Sean Mannion that you could. Your Nate Stanley yeah, hope has watching. grown old. You just don't want to embrace a Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, I'm good on Nate Stanley. One of <laughs> our one of our vent line guys just combined their names. Browning and Stanley's like, yeah, that that you know, uh, Jake Stanley. Oh no, I meant Nate. I'm like, you can just combine them. They're the same. Like they are They're the, the same, same guy. They're the same person, dude. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, Christian Derisaw, Kyle Trask. I think I like it. sign me up. Sign me up for that. All right, boys, that's a wrap on today's episode of Purple Daily. Thanks to everyone for clicking the subscribe button on our Purple Daily YouTube channel and for giving us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Also, the Score North app is a one-stop shop hub for everything we do at Score North. All of our podcasts, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily, Royce Unchained, The Scoop with Doogie, 10,000 Swings, a Minnesota golf podcast, uh, and all of Judd's written work as well. So be sure to check that out. It's free to download the Scorn of That. We'll see you guys for a little Write That Down action tomorrow.